If you really want to lower healthcare costs in the United States, my number one suggestion has always been for every American to lose 10 excess pounds. And here's another thing. If you're like Petra Kvitova and you lose the excess weight, maybe you'll play for the women's Australian Open final and become the number one tennis player in the world. Eh, maybe not. Welcome to the Maximizer Medicare Podcast. It is Friday, January 25th. My name is Jay O. I am the author of Maximize Your Medicare. The 2019 edition is available now in ebook and paperback format. It's available everywhere. You can find out more information on the website for the book, www.maximizeyourmedicare.com. On the website, you can sign up and subscribe to the free newsletter comes out every Saturday. That means the next one will come out tomorrow morning. We know that YouTube has won. We've adjusted the Maximize Your Medicare channel exists and is up and running on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and watch informational interviews. And the most important of those is Medicare ABCs, which is a guide for those of you who are new to Medicare. Maximize Your Medicare podcast is brought to you by the Great Humanity Healthcare Foundation. You can find out information about the Great Humanity Healthcare Foundation, greathumanityhf.org. The goals of the foundation are lofty. Funds raised will be used to help those crushed by medical debt. Just think to yourself, young family, two young children, $10,000 family deductible. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what your politics are. No community is unaffected. So a couple of days ago, a new client out of Idaho sent me a link to a news article, one that I had seen and... I thought to address it here because it does point out differences between Medigap and Medicare Advantage. Ones that are inherent, meaning that ones that you cannot get away from no matter what you try to really do. I don't really have a good solution. I don't really have a good way of addressing the matter other than for persons who are on Medicare to actually understand what these differences are why they can exist, and why it's unlikely to find a quick fix. So the situation is, let's just say you go to the hospital and you go to the emergency room. Well, under emergency room uh, care, for example, you usually get charged X dollars. And X dollars will depend on your Medicare Advantage plan. Let's just say you have Medicare Advantage There is a stated amount, um, which will be for emergency room visit, let's call it $70, okay? If you are admitted to the hospital, that $70 is therefore waived, and instead it is replaced by your inpatient hospital stay copay. Now remember that this will be part of your Medicare Advantage language, Meaning it will be clearly stated, X dollars a day, $200 a day, $250 a day for days one through five, $225 for days one through seven. It will be stated inside your Medicare Advantage plan. Once we get beyond that, however, then the complications can begin. So now you're inside the hospital. 
then you need to have a test. Okay, and the test is done by either a specialist or the analysis is being conducted outside of the hospital, or actually it can be done inside the hospital. The headlines, the recent headlines are to try to address this, which is that the party that is conducting those tests, even if you have gone to an in-network hospital, could outsource the testing to an out-of-network party. So let's just call it some lab, you know, Bill's Lab, which is across the street from the hospital or within the same hospital complex. So you're in the hospital and you require additional testing. It then therefore goes to the Bill's Lab. No one said that Bill's Lab is additionally in network. Therefore, depending on your Medicare Advantage plan, the copay, the cost sharing responsibility, your bill can vary wildly, meaning that it could be either in network, in which case it's stated there in your in network cost according to your Medicare Advantage plan, or it could be out of network, in which case PPOs, they will take it at a different copay schedule, or if you're on HMO and that HMO is limited, you may be responsible for the cost in its entirety. And not only that, that cost does not count towards your annual out-of-pocket maximum. This can be quite a pickle, of course. You can hear it. You can hear a couple of problems. First of all is that it's almost impossible for a consumer, a patient, to know the identity of Bill's lab in this case. How can you tell? The aside here, the side story here is that you can connect the dots and connect the dots easily, which is certain healthcare providers in some stakeholder in healthcare delivery, whether that be Bill's lab, Mary's lab, it doesn't matter, some specialist what they are doing is they are intentionally staying out of the network. They're intentionally contracting or choosing not to be part of certain plans. And the reason for that is because that way they can charge the out-of-network cost or attempt to bill the, their entire full sticker amount. Of course, you are the patient at this time. You don't know. You don't know, and so you don't know until you find out later when you receive the bill. And this then, of course, becomes a, can be a huge problem. That's the point of the legislation, which means that the legislation is meant to reduce this kind of surprise bill. And that's the most recent headline, okay? If you Google surprise medical bill, there's going to be a slew of articles on surprise medical bills and I'm not going to address every last situation which can result in a surprise medical bill. This one is very specific about the fact that certain that when you go to big complicated hospitals that there can be attachment points which can be 
an in-network hospital and then an out-of-network testing center, for example, or specialist or other practice, even if it looks or feels as if it's in-network, that may not necessarily be the case. The legislation recently proposed by the president as well and has been documented here and there in certain articles online does highlight the challenge that this presents and that there be some legislation to kind of prevent this so that consumers are not hit with this negative and at times very costly surprise. You know, it'd be easy and convenient to say, oh, well, this is just the healthcare providers trying to pick off the insurance company or the insurance company trying to not reveal something intentionally in advance to the policy owner. And it looks and feels like this could be true. For first time listeners to the podcast, you can understand that a lot of my effort here, a lot of it, uh, the entire of Maximize Your Medicare is really written to try to diffuse fact from fiction, myth from fact. The point is, is that there's a big difference between it's clear and the consumer misunderstood that is definitely different from the carrier has intentionally misled. And additionally, there's an entirely another set of topics, which is certain events occur for reasons beyond your control. Now, admittedly, it is difficult to distinguish among these three. And it's easy and convenient for our society, you know, since our society has really one favorite leisure time activity, one favorite sport. It's not football. It is actually, you know, find someone else to blame. Right? I think that we can agree. Just turn on the news for a nanosecond or so. We like to try to identify someone else, some other party. It's their fault. Someone's out to not only maximize their profit, but they're also there to rip me off. I would stop short of that here. Are there instances like I've told you that the testing lab intentionally or a physical therapy practice, some other psychological practice, some other specialty practice where certain consultations exist and they intentionally stay out of network even though it looks and feels as if it's part of a hospital system that is in network. Does this happen? The answer to that is yes. No question that the answer to that is yes. However, that doesn't mean that it is that there was a lot that under the current structure that Medicare Advantage carriers could actually do about this. So while it's convenient to simply say, well, the insurance company is refusing to pay because they're trying to pick me off, I would stop before concluding, necessarily concluding that they're simply trying to pick me off. Can there be billing errors? The answer is yes, there's another source. In other words, the list of things that can occur is pretty long. So as a result, to simply just group them all together and just say insurance companies trying to rip me off or hospital systems trying to rip me off, mm, 
I'm probably not in that camp until actually looking through the facts. As we know, and you know, there are polls on this, Americans don't like looking through facts. They scan facts, right? They don't try to actually get the information. They like it looking at bullet points and, you know, 140 characters. I guess you know, longer than 140 characters now, Twitter is longer. You can enter Twitter longer than 140 characters. At Max Your Medicare on Twitter is the book. There's my not very interesting aside. Anyway, so where we go is what to do about this. What can you actually do? And on this, all I'm going to say is that now you see the distinction between Medicare Advantage and Medigap in this instance, for example. So let's just first go to Medicare Advantage. All else equal here. Let's just say you're in the hospital and you do require a diagnosis from a, that gets outsourced to this out-of-network party. PPO will address this to the degree that, yes, you can be subject to a higher copay, an out-of-network copay. That is true. Nevertheless, what you will have is coverage. If you have an HMO and that diagnostic lab, what I call it? Jim's? Joe's? Joe's lab. Mm-hmm. Joe's lab. If that lab doesn't take the HMO, then you could be responsible for 100% of the cost. And that can be a multiple hundred dollar diagnostic exam. There's no question, for example, if you require extensive blood panel test. Those persons with blood conditions know that you have certain very extensive testing required that is very expensive. Under Medigap, this is not a problem. Now, not this specific. You know, there are other issues. You can see the YouTube channel where I talk about, you know, the fact that who's administering or who's keeping track of your meeting the Part B deductible. This is, again, this specific issue, meaning that if you this happens to you and you're on Medigap, this is not should not be a problem as long as that lab, Joe's lab, as long as Joe's lab accepts original Medicare, the federally issued card, then the Medigap carrier will pay as long as that testing is medically necessary and appropriate. So as a result, you don't have this controversy. Now, for those persons who who are returning listeners, for persons who have read the 2019 edition of Maximize Your Medicare, you will see the observations of the book that over the past years, there's no question that the quality of Medicare Advantage contracts generally has improved substantially in non-trivial ways, meaning that $0 premium, you have to have Part A, Part B, but $0 premium sharply reduced health and prescription deductibles, sharply reduced copays, copays on prescription drugs, which can be superior 
to that of standalone prescription plans, something that doesn't wouldn't necessarily make intuitive sense to you. To that degree, you have these other improvements in Medicare Advantage, certainly, and that results from the intense competition amongst the sellers. Brutal competition, candidly. When you couple that with a higher per diem amount from the federal government, meaning per, per diem amount basically meaning a the allowance given to Medicare Advantage plans from the federal government for every enrollee, well, what you end up having is that Medicare Advantage plans then becoming more competitive at higher funding levels. So what do you get? Well, consumers get better benefits. Nevertheless, despite all of these improvements, there are certain things that Maximize Your Medicare goes very clearly about or that the book is very careful to tell consumers, to tell the readers, the audience, as well as every time I speak in public or with our clients, is that inherent differences can't exist. And I can't tell you that there's an easy way to overcome them. Medicare Advantage is an annual contract. That means all of the moving parts move every January. We can't get around this. The Medicare Advantage carriers are preparing their plan designs for 2020. They're doing so now. And I know this because I'm being asked about my opinions about how they did in 2019 and what features did our customers, our audience, our prospects, what they actually had to say when we presented or described the features of carrier A plan number one. I'm being asked this actively pretty much since the beginning of the year. So you know that the carriers are already examining this. Now, Medicare Advantage, you can't get away from these. You do need to understand the network. You need to understand that this is annual contract. This, These are the critical elements. And when in combination you can see the situation, when you go to the hospital and then you get an outsource or a secondary opinion or diagnosis, whatever extra analysis needs to be d- done if you're inside a hospital, for example, that in fact you can end up having this. In other words, you can have the situation where the diagnosis is not covered as you had anticipated under your Medicare Advantage contract. Medigap, however, is a different set of plans, meaning that this air, this leakage that can occur doesn't exist. And it's simply because there is no network. There's no concept of network. The only standard is whether or not the doctor, the lab, that service, healthcare provider is an acceptor. They accept the federally issued red, white, and blue card. If they do, Medigap carriers don't have an option here. They will accept your Medigap plan. They will bill Medicare, who will pay their X percent, 
Medigap will pay 100 minus X percent. That's it. You could say to me, Jay, this is still Medicare Advantage plan carriers, you know, manipulating the system. And again, I would not necessarily go that far. I would not necessarily say that. Why? Because when you're being reported this, you're being reported these kind of instances. In, even in my specific example, right? I'm telling you about a very specific example. That does not mean that every Medicare Advantage subscriber has this problem, right? This just happens to be the problem in the news. The fact is on an overall basis, is that still nevertheless, yeah, they could, in theory, I could make up some set of language that says, well, if this happens to you, then you get covered at X dollars. Yeah, that could be the case. You know what I would be end up doing? I'd be raising your premium. I'd be raising your co-pays. I'd be raising your deductibles. In other words, the carriers are estimating how much this could be and then trying to create a set of benefit packages, a set, not just one specific line item. In other words, you know, they get a set allowance that they are required to spend. And if they don't spend it, by the way, one of two things happens. Either number one, you get a refund. And in Medicare Advantage, the market is so competitive that everyone is trying to go to the razor's edge because if they do not, they're going to lose market share and they'll lose it quickly. Anyway, back to my point, which is that, you know, Medicare Advantage has inherent issues and that inherent issue, if it applies to you, can result in this situation. And I don't have a great answer on how to address it. Could I make up some legislation? Yeah. It's going to be more costly to the Medicare Advantage carrier. And now all of a sudden you'll have a ripple effect. What's that ripple effect going to be? It's going to be weaker benefits. Well, I just said 10 minutes ago that one outstanding thing over the past few years is the fact that Medicare Advantage benefits have improved. So now do you take away from the whole in order to address this one situation? The other reason I say this, that it's just not that simple, is the fact that The healthcare providers themselves, so in other words, Joe's clinic, they could change their configuration entirely. And now we're going to get to the second situation. So I referred to this link, this story was sent to me, you know, from one of our clients in Idaho and out of Missouri, a large location where, you know, heavily populated and actually the person from Idaho is also living close to a heavily populated location as well. So now let's go to Missouri. And this is another example of the same type of thing, which is this person requires joint replacement surgery. And this is very common, right? very. So goes to the healthcare provider. Healthcare provider is in the network. However, the way that that healthcare provider performs the joint replacement surgery is an out 
outpatient hospital procedure. So you now know, and I'm sure if you have ever met someone who, for, who has had a joint replacement seed procedure, you'll, you can understand that the idea of staying three days in a hospital and then going to a skilled nursing facility, those days ha- have faded and will continue to fade, right? As people want to have you in a hospital, maybe one day hospital stay and then out or not even, or even within the same day. In that instance, if you don't stay over two midnights, for example, then you are presumed to be outpatient. So now we're on the joint replacement and the person gets the joint replacement on the same day, goes home the same day, and then begins rehab. The problem here is if they go to skilled nursing facility because depending on the Medicare Advantage plan, skilled nursing facility care stay may or may not be covered by the Medicare Advantage plan. Why is that? The reason is that the Medicare Advantage plan runs the show, meaning that if they say that this is an outpatient hospital procedure, then they don't then Medicare original Medicare will not pay for the first 20 days of skilled nursing care or in-home health care to do the same role. Original Medicare doesn't pay. Medicare Advantage plans may not pay. In other words, that would leave you with the entirety of the rehabilitation or skilled nursing care, skilled nursing facility care cost. I'd love to tell you that it's less complicated, but actually it becomes more complicated, which is that other Medicare Advantage plans may pay for this without an inpatient hospital stay, meaning you can go directly to the skilled nursing facility. You can see that in in this instance that there are certain cases if you have the proper Medicare Advantage plan that in fact you could actually get coverage for your skilled nursing facility care stay after an outpatient joint replacement surgery, yes, that is possible. Okay, but you have to be very specific about your selection of plan. Very, very specific. Now, in this instance, which is different than the instance that I described about the outsourcing of this Joe's lab, under this situation, what happens is The outpatient hospitalization service is covered by Part B, not Part A. The skilled nursing facility care or in-home rehab home health services, which are also skilled nursing care, those are also covered by Part B, not Part A. The reason that this is important under Medigap is the net bill is still zero under the idea that you have met the Part B deductible. Under Medicare Advantage, what happens here is the Medicare Advantage carrier can deny your service for home health care or skilled nursing facility care after an out 
outpatient hospital admission because that's what their contract says and they, they are running the show. Again, this falls under the idea that Medicare Advantage has inherent issues regarding the fine print, the terms and conditions of their benefits to you under Medigap, that kind of changing from inpatient to outpatient is, there is a difference. However, to the Medigap policy owner, the cash flow difference is only the $185 Part B deductible. Whew. Now that's some complicated stuff I realize, but I just, they were two very good illustrations. They just came up over the last, you know, within the last week where you are very specific illustrations of the different types of services that you can receive and very different outcomes that could occur between Medigap and Medicare Advantage. Now, as noted in Maximize Your Medicare since inception, Right, there are different premium levels involved here. It is not my role, it is not my place to assign whether or not the different premium levels are worth it to the person. For some people, that difference in premium is groceries. That is totally fine. That's risk that you accept. I don't tell people buy insurance and don't eat. For other people, who certainly know that they could be subject to this types of services due to their health situation and their personal background, and the difference will be worth it. That I cannot determine, as I said, not financial advice. That's it for today. More later. Thank you very, very much for listening to the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast on Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast platform. Till next time.